This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Ah, yes. Hello and welcome to episode number 226 of Youpreneur FM. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. I have got an incredible show lined up for you today. My very, very good friend, Jay Beer, from over at Convince and Convert. He is the author of Utility. He is the author of Hug Your Haters. And uh, he's just a great guy. He's back on the show. It's going to be an incredible episode. You're in the right place if you are a personal brand entrepreneur, my friend. This is the show where you will learn how to build a profitable, successful business based around your brand, your personality, your experience, and the people that you want to hang out with and call customers. It's going to be a great episode. Before we get into that conversation with Jay, a quick reminder, youpreneursummit.com. Tickets are still on sale. However, they are disappearing very, very quickly. And I've been saying that for the last few weeks, but they are. Slowly but surely, these tickets, which are very limited, are slipping away. So if you want to be at the first ever big live youpreneur event in London on November 11 and 12, London, England, my hometown, I want you to be there as well. Head over to youpreneursummit.com and make sure you secure your ticket before they do disappear. And once they go, they are gone. There's nothing we can do about it because the venue has limited space and uh, we can't add any extra chairs, plain and simple. So make sure you head over to youpreneursummit.com and I look forward to giving you a hug when I see you in London later on this year. All right, so on to this conversation with Jay. This is his sixth time on Youpreneur FM, and we joke about that at the beginning of the conversation a little bit. He's honestly one of the nicest guys I've ever met in the online business space. He is one of the highest paid keynote speakers and really just hardcore consultants, quite frankly, within the social media and online marketing, content marketing space. He's a smart cookie. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and I'm very proud to call him my friend. This is Jay Bear and myself chatting up a storm on exactly how you should be running and building your business now going forward in a very social savvy environment. I mean, let's face it, you can't hide anything anymore and there's a right way and wrong way that we should be not only creating content marketing content but also creating our products and services and taking care of our customers i know you're gonna love this conversation here it is so jb welcome back to youpreneur fm how are you brother i am fantastic you cannot get rid of me on youpreneur (laughs) fm i am (laughs) delighted to be back my brother hello all you youpreneurs out there i'm wishing you the greatest success and i know that you are going to achieve that success because you are in the hands of the very talented oh. and erstwhile and oh. ethical oh. and fantastic oh. Mr. Chris Tucker. Keep him going. Don't stop. Um, no, you're right. We can't keep you away. This is uh, – I, I don't know whether you're keeping count. I know you've probably got more important things to keep count on other than this number. But we – this is actually – this is actually your sixth appearance on this show. Wow. I This may be – other than my own podcast, this may be the show that I've been on more – than any others. I'm not sure I've been to this many high school hockey games and my son's <laughs> on the team, so I feel... Well, it's it's number six for sure. I know that for sure because I, I, I checked prior to this. Now, um, 
a few people that are on are in great company uh, for all of us. Um, JLD John Lee Dumas has been yeah. on three yeah. times. Um, okay. Pat Flynn has been on four times, and Gary yeah, Vaynerchuk has been on four times. So you've you've list. got you've got these suckers beat by two episodes well, now. It may be it may be that they've got more things to do and they're too busy counting their money <laughs> and I I just have a little more yeah. extra time to come on the show. Yeah, well that could be it. That could be it. You're absolutely right. But either way, um, I just like having you on the show. And uh, oh, before we bef- be. yeah before we hit the record button, I I I said to you like you know I feel like I'm indulging for my own selfish reasons to just sit down with my friend and talk because usually when we are with each other, there's a hundred people surrounding us both, and uh, we never really have the opportunity to have a real deep dive conversation so what the hell let's just do it now and hit record button and just i love it no one's listening anyway no so um i thought it might be a nice idea for us to kind of sit back and have a little bit of fireside chat so to speak on the subject of personal branding within Mm. the bigger business world sphere so to speak it seems like everybody and their dog has started to talk about personal branding recently. Um, You've been going on about it for a long, long time. I've been waffling on about it for years and years as well. I mean, it is the very core of what this show is all about. Um, But I I see a bit of a shift here where a personal brand is not necessarily chrisducker.com. It can be convinceandconvert.com or smartpassiveincome.com or it can be garyvaynerchuk.com um whereas before i think a lot of people thought that if you had a personal brand you had to you had to have your own domain name you had to build it out all underneath your own domain name and so on and so on and so on um obviously convince and convert which is your firm has has created a great brand for itself but also your personal brand is very solidly at the very core of everything that you do over there as well um and i recall the conversation we had a while ago here on the show which was a real game changer for me on the subject of turning your company ultimately into a media company or turning yourself into a media company and you guys listening in probably i'll go out on the limb and say probably the most important podcast episode that i've ever recorded for myself personally because it really helped clear some of the fog for me in regards to that. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, Important for you guys to tune in, listen to it. So Jay, what's your stance on this, man? Everybody's talking about this right now. How are you feeling about it? Well, I mean, it feels to me like it's been self-evident for a long time that differentiation is an important strategy, whether you are a person or a company or anything in between. Right. I think, Chris, the reason why it's getting so much traction now is that for the last... I'm going to say five years, maybe seven years, you have been able to differentiate topically. So you could say, look, I'm going to be somebody who talks about virtual freedom. I'm going to write a book about that. I'm going to be an expert on that topic. I'm going to write about social media or content marketing, or I'm going to write about passive income or what have you. And and you can own a topic. Now, there are no more topics that you can own because every topic has 10, 20, 50, 1,000 competitors. It's just like domain names. There's no actual words left, and there hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. And so the reason that personal branding is becoming more and more important and, and more people talking about it is that now it's not just about do you have the topic covered. It's who within that category of topics do you actually resonate with? There you who go. has consistency of personality? Who has charisma? Look, I, I had a whole conversation with Mark Schaefer about this like 
uh, two years ago. And his new book, Known, great which is book. about personal branding. Yep. It's a great book. Uh, and in his inscription to me, the book's just right over here, he said, this book wouldn't have been written except for that one talk that you and I had. And he and I had a conversation when he was writing his previous book, The Content Code, and he asked me, can anybody be, uh, can anybody be a star? And I said, no, no. Everybody can be competent, and I, and I believe that. Like You can learn to be good, but not everybody can be great because there is a secret sauce. I think Mark would disagree, and now that he's written the book, he feels like he's got the research to disprove that. But I, but I still believe – look, there's a reason why John Lee Dumas is successful. There's a reason why Pat Flynn is successful. There's a reason why Gary is successful. There's a reason why you are successful. In addition to being whip smart and working your ass off, all four of you have something that doesn't grow on trees, and it's called charisma. And it matters. And mm. and so now I feel like people are emphasizing personal branding because it is the frosting on the cake. Right. Your topical expertise is the cake. Your personal brand is the frosting. And in a highly competitive environment, which is what we're in right now, that frosting matters more than ever. It does. And, you know, I've, you know, the analogy that I've been using for probably close to, I don't know, maybe four years or so now, I've been talking about my P2P relationship building philosophy of people to people where you know b2b is is still very much there brands want to do business with other big brands and all that kind of stuff b2c is still very much a a a worthwhile market going after in the right industries but ultimately i believe particularly when it comes to the online business world p2p people to people people want to do business with other people and more so they want to do business with other people that they really really like and that they really appreciate um and again another conversation that you and i had i believe it was in a side conference room at um joe polizzi's uh content marketing world when we were both speaking there one year i got you i got you down for a quick video and we were you were talking about the the importance of becoming somebody's favorite and i talk about that a lot and and that that's what it is that's charisma that's p2p that's delivering value kind of on steroids right yes indeed so i mean so where does the um let's go back to our conversation a while ago then uh, and i'm curious to see what you, you you think about this where does that media company mindset um, lay when it comes to um, the personal brand entrepreneur, do you think? Well, it's tricky because by definition, if you're going to be a media company, uh, there has to be a company. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 in the, it's in the word, right? Right, so, right. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. One of the things that I've been able to navigate, I think, with modest success – in the last few years is, is, is having my name out there and do things under my name, whether it's giving speeches and writing books, et cetera, but also develop a brand for convince and convert to the degree that the media and sponsorship business is a, is a major economic engine. And we've got, you know, dozens and dozens of big companies that, that sponsor our stuff. Now the question is, would they do it if I wasn't involved? Eh, I don't know. Depends on the, depends on the asset, but by no means is convince and convert just me, and increasingly people know that, and that's obviously good news because it it doesn't uh, you know when somebody calls us to do a sponsorship or they call us to do some consulting, they don't expect that I am personally going to do one hundred percent of that yeah. work, right? Yeah. And that's the yeah. only way you can that's the only way you can scale it, right? And so um, you have to both you have to have let me, let me say it this way. 
I talked about the frosting of personal branding laying on top of the cake of topical expertise. The problem that I see people getting into with personal branding is it's all frosting and no cake. Ah. Right? You, you have to continue to have the cake of topical expertise with the frosting of personal brand on top of it. But what a lot of people are doing is saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, look how well known I am, but they don't actually know what the hell they're talking about, Chris. <laughs> right. uh, and yeah. and eventually, eventually people will figure that out. Like yes. you, you know, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but long term, you you can't do that. And it doesn't mean that you have to be all knowing, all seeing. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world, but you certainly have to at least surround yourself with smart people. Uh, because otherwise, you can't be a media company. You're right. just a guy trying to take somebody's money. And not only that, but I mean, in the very kind of online social savvy world that we live in where everybody's you know got got the internet in the palm of their hand now literally um you'll be ousted on that way sooner than you would have done five years ago ten years ago you know i think people's bs uh indicators are way more sensitive nowadays compared to what they were before and i think social and i think particularly true in the I think particularly true in the entrepreneurial community, right? So you think about your audience, you think about John Lee Dumas's audience, Pat's audience, Gary's audience. Mm-hmm. It is primarily uh, smaller business and entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. It's actually in the name of this show. Uh, and in those circumstances where some of those entrepreneurs are, and maybe all of them, are trying to achieve something, right? It's, they're trying to achieve something beyond what they have today. And consequently, they don't want to make a mistake, they don't want to trust in somebody who doesn't have the goods. They don't want to waste their money on a course that doesn't deliver. They don't want to waste their time listening to a podcast that doesn't deliver. And so it's all about trust. And and that's my fear is for a lot of people are pushing the personal brand, but don't have a trust scaffolding behind it. That's going to build those long-term P2P relationships that you talk about. Look, I can teach anybody how to build. And so can you, how to build a personal brand and, and make a quick hit and kill it in 12 months. But at month 13, you actually have to deliver something, right? right. Otherwise, you're in and out. And and so I, I see a lot of people, I see, I kind of see like personal branding being the new social media gold rush, right? And that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, no, I hear you. So how can we build, and I love that analogy, that trust scaffolding then? What, what, I mean, if you were to sort of, if you were starting, say, right now today, and I, and I think that, you know, honestly, the large majority of my listeners, um, and you know, I survey my guys on an annual basis. We do a big survey. Uh, we give away coaching and gifts and prizes and all this sort of stuff. Um, and every year I am very happy to see that the large majority of my audience believes that they are at an intimate, uh, rather an, an intimate, they could be an intimate level or, or an intermediate level rather um, in regards to their entrepreneurial growth. So they're not starting yeah. out. Yeah. This is not, you know, no. beginner Barry and his best friends on the, you know, yeah. hanging around on bicycles kind of thing. You know, this is, um, this is, you know, these are people that are, They've got, they've got a you know they've definitely got their site up and running. They're selling something. They're making money. They're wanting the you know they wanted to go from six to mid six to seven figure type businesses. Um, yep. But just for the you know pure you know pure example of of, of this point of the the you know the the trust scaffolding. If you were starting out from scratch today, or if you did want to give your current brand a bit of a makeover and almost start from scratch today, what would Jay be doing right now to build that? I'm doing trust it right scaffolding? now, Chris. I'm doing it right now. As we've talked about, I think, on this show in the past, 
I've never historically done any online courses because I didn't think it really fit my brand. Yes. Because um, we do so much big company consulting, it didn't make a lot of sense, but we're doing it now. Did one last year, didn't work out very well, so we're doing another one right now. It actually launches a week from today called uh, the Content Marketing Strategy Masterclass. And so I'm literally taking the exact same process that my team and I use to do content marketing strategy for the biggest companies in the world – and we're delivering it in a course. Now, it's a, a relatively expensive course as courses go. Uh, I'm teaching it myself live, which is kind of unusual. I'll probably never do that again, but I wanted to, to try it. And so I had to write all the sales pages sure. and all the emails and all the stuff that that historically is kind of not really my shtick. Yep. Right? I'm like, look, you know, I feel like I know what I'm doing. If you want to hire us, hire us. You know, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to wowie zowie you with with a lot of marketing automation. It's just not my thing. Right. Right. Um, but I, I had to do it for this course, and I'll, and I'll tell you exactly how I went about it. Uh, I killed them with honesty, right? It was like, look, here's the story. I'm taking 100 students in this course because I don't want to manage more than that, uh, and I don't want people to be disappointed. And I'm not kidding about that. It's not like false scarcity, like there's 100 students, wink, wink. There's 100. Right. And we're going to do this webinar one time, and it's not wink, wink. We're going to do it a second time. We're doing it once. And I'm not going to give any refunds. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to give you refunds. I'm not giving you any refunds. Like, I mean, yeah. I've just basically, and any of the sort of tricks that people play with, with, you know, how things are positioned and no, this is the last offer. No, but there's another offer past the last offer. Right. I, I just said, look, I don't do that. And, and that's just not my brand. And so it was like, it was radical honesty in all those communications. Now we'll see whether it really worked or not. Cause we haven't launched the course yet, but, but if nothing else, uh, it fits my, my positioning in the market without right? a doubt and that's yeah. all that, and that's all that matters because ultimately ultimately all you really have is your reputation especially in this day and age as you talked about and so i think the biggest thing you've got to do um and we did this exercise uh as uh, in the company in january in our annual meeting we actually did a branding exercise where we take um do i have them right here uh, we we take uh, I'll grab them in just a second. We we take these cards, a box of cards with adjectives on them, and you sort them all on a table, and you pick the three adjectives that that represent you your brand the best. And then we have a poster, like that says these are the words. And so every time you're writing copy, every time you're talking on the phone, every time you're sending an email, those three words that represent your brand are in front of your face. And it's that kind of consistency of tone and approach that allows allows you to build that trust scaffolding. Because what phrase trust is dissonance. And what creates dissonance is inconsistency. So you have to be consistent all the time. It doesn't really matter what your brand is. Right. It just has to be the same. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's why, you know, let's talk about like the one thing, my big pet peeve when it comes to the consistency or lack thereof is seeing totally different profile images on everyone's different social media platforms why are you doing this yeah. people it drives me mad just use one photo because it's that consistency just like with your adjectives when somebody sees a photo on twitter of you they want to see the same one on facebook the same one on instagram and so on and so on and so on um i want to ask you a quick question actually in regards to um and i know that you do you you have this company retreat on it is it an annual basis or do you do yeah, it every six annual. months so it's annual annual and i mean the one thing that i have seen and correct me if i'm wrong here since we've known each other what maybe i don't know i'm gonna say five six years now we've known each other um yeah, at least maybe seven. even longer actually yeah so one thing i've seen or, or or certainly something has been more apparent to me than it was when i first got to know you is it seems to me like your team has grown 
over the last couple of years, quite extensively, actually. Um, is this? Do you feel like this is something that has come out of planning, or is it out of need? Are you reacting to you know the the market, or are you reacting to the amount of business that you're getting? I mean, what 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 is it? Was it all planned out? I'm just curious from a from I guess from a business ownership perspective, for somebody who's got a load of staff as well. So we have we have a load of staff. There's 15 of us now. Uh, but globally, that has but, not a big, but but that's quite that's a big team. But, well, well, I mean, yeah, I, I would say, I would say in the online business space, that's a good sized team. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for me, yeah, that's yeah. a good sized team. But it, but yeah. it wasn't that large a few years no, ago. No, I think I think it was probably when we first met. It was probably seven. Okay, so it's doubled basically. Yeah, so we okay. doubled it. Yeah, and and from a revenue standpoint, we have grown the company thirty uh, percent a year. Every year, almost exactly that number for nine years. Right. Okay. So it's sort of 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, just, you know, a steady every year bump. And so, you know, we just we get involved in a lot of things and you have to have more people. So yes. some of those, you know, we've, we've got a larger consulting team than we used to have. Um, we have a little bit larger support team than we used to have because I do so much speaking and we now have seven speakers on the team. So that's a lot of people to support with contracts and logistics and things like that. But most of the growth, Chris, has been on the media side uh, because the media business is now, you know, a, a large, is almost as big as the consulting business. Mm. And so when you've got 22 sponsors or whatever we have, uh, that's a lot of people to just deal with, right? And to say, okay, who do we owe a webinar to and to who do we owe a podcast and who do we owe um, an ebook and and a video and all those kind of things and hit the deadlines and yeah. then amplified on social. So just just need more people. You can't so do that with one or two it, people. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not not the size of companies we're working with. So uh, was it a plan? No, it was never a plan. The original plan was it was going to be me, right? Uh, because the the last company I had sort of went from me to sixty people and got out. And I said, I don't want to do that again. That was a lot of work. Um, and and so this idea was it was going to be me, like in my garage. And then, you know, over a period of years, it's steadily grown. And your wife um, would let you so, out quite regularly just to do speaking. Precisely. Sort of thing, right. It's, it's, even that back <laughs> Make then, sure you come straight home, much. right? <laughs> so, it, you know, we, we never – let me put it this way. Growth is never the goal. Never. Okay. But it happens um, because you do good work. It happens. And here's what the goal is. The goal is to do great work and be the easiest to work with company of our type uh, in the world. And when you can d- deliver on those things, um, then then growth occurs. In fact, our uh, – it's interesting thesis of the conversation today. Our, our mission statement, if you will, uh, for the company – is that Convince and Convert is the most trusted provider of marketing advice in the world. That's a big statement. It's not it's not it's not best. Yeah. It's not cheapest. It's not biggest companies. It's the most trusted mm. provider mm. of marketing advice in the world. That's our mission statement. Now, are we that? Uh, I don't know. We actually just completed a trust survey uh, to help us determine that and, and I'll let you know how that comes out. But that's the that's the that's the direction we always want to point, okay. right? And so if right. you think, you know, in business, especially small business, you've got lots of, lots of forks in the road. You have forks in the road every day where you can treat something this way or treat it this way. You can treat a customer this way or this way. You can treat a prospect this way or this way. Um, you, can, you can write something this way or this way. And, and if you always make those decisions 
based on which of these decisions will accumulate the most trust, then I firmly believe that eventually good things will happen. Right. Now, is that the fastest path to success? Probably not, actually. But I think it's the most lasting path well, to success. And that's, all, and that's all I care about. Yeah, indeed. It's certainly the one with the with, with the the largest amount of long game collateral built up in it, that's for sure. Um, well, and if you ever think, like, and this happens all the time, right? People ask me, like small business owners and entrepreneurs and people I know ask me, hey, how do you think I should handle this? And I'm like, if, if you think that maybe the way you are considering handling this isn't right, you've already answered your own question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? If you don't know for a fact which of these is the way that builds the most trust, then, then you actually do know you're just not ready to admit it to yourself. Yeah, no, indeed. So, okay, going back to the trust scaffolding, I love this. Um, you're, I mean, you're doing it by creating content, premium content. You're charging for it. You're putting courses out. But, I mean, for, 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 for some people, it might just get to the point they've got to tweak their marketing angle a little bit. Maybe they want to get found Absolutely. a little bit easier. Maybe they want to you know, start creating some new content or coming up with some new media ideas in regards to what they should be putting together. I had a chat with a Youpreneur member um, on our uh, monthly mastermind call a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying to me that, you know, he's been blogging consistently for six months, twice a week. Um, He's built up a half-decent email list at the same time, but he is fundamentally a worn out of writing this blog content every week and b he does also feel as if some of it if not a good majority of it is kind of falling on 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 you know deaf ears or blind eyeballs i should say right so he kind Mm -hmm. of like he's starting to think about potentially putting together a podcast or maybe a video show or this that and the other and obviously i know you've got experience with jay today and and that was a Mm -hmm. video podcast you know a couple years back and then he kind of wrapped it up and now you're back again live on facebook which i love um i loved that show i think it was one of the i mean i honestly don't think i missed an episode it was one of those things that I, th- I thought was perfect for you and your style and your personality right. and everything. So what can somebody like that do if they're in that little bit of a rut and from a content perspective and they're wanting to kind of kickstart things a little bit more and be found by maybe a slightly newer audience and that sort of type yeah. of thing? It's funny you mentioned that. I was just doing final edits on a new ebook mm-hmm. we're putting out called The Four Ways to Fix Your Broken Content Marketing. Oh, wow. And, okay, and good. it was almost exactly the same topic. So um, – a couple of notes. One, it's really important to recognize that content, especially today, operates on a 10-90 principle, meaning that 90% of your success with content is going to come from 10% of your content pieces. So it used to be, when I started blogging 10 years ago, that people would subscribe to a blog and, and they would uh, read every blog post and they would say, this is my favorite blog and I would read everything you wrote and I would get it in my email or I'd get it in my RSS reader back when that was a thing, and I would tune in. And now it doesn't really work like that. Content is about hits, uh, not about the whole blog. So think about from a music analogy, uh, content success today is about singles, not albums. Right? It used to be about albums, your, your body of work. Now it's about the breakout blog post or the breakout video or the right. breakout podcast. And so you, you have to be okay with meh, 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 meh home run, meh, meh, Hmm. meh, meh, home run, because that's how it actually works mathematically. In fact, what I work with my editorial team on all the time is, are we crafting hits? Are we crafting hits? 
if this isn't going to be a hit and you, you know you can't predict it obviously but, no of course but it, you know if we're just putting stuff out there that we know is not going to break through then why are we doing it right so that's the first thing second thing is if you're starting to feel burnt out what i tell everybody is okay why do you have to make all the content right right you don't have to be the one that answers all the questions you can be the one that asks the questions too last year at convinceconvert.com we had 117 guest bloggers hmm Mm. on our site so was it okay so is that 117 people or 117 posts people (laughs) People. okay okay we published 520 blog posts last year how many did you write i wrote 50 Hmm. love it okay so 10 percent. the less the less i write the more traffic we get now i remember you saying that to me a while back actually true yeah, it's true. <laughs> so you should just stop uh, writing. So, just stop working. So once period. You, <laughs> once you have it, once you have, once you have a rationale for people to visit, you don't have to create all the content. Right. Right. So, so to your Upreneur member, I would say, what is your topical authority? What is your cake? To go back to the the uh, analogy from a few minutes ago, and then you can be the king of the cake, but you need to get some princes of that cake too who also want to be part of your movement uh, or your topic and get them to create some content as well. Uh, And then the third thing is, going back to your original point, I couldn't agree more. One of the best ways to increase your content success is to change the content modality. Hmm. So if if you've got a blog, that's great. But you know what? Not everybody wants to read. In fact, fewer and fewer people want to read. They want to listen or watch. So take that same topic and turn it into a video. Take that same topic and do a podcast, etc. So it's the nice thing is that today – with with content um, format shifting, you you can do all of those things with relative ease. What I would tell your member is to commit to video right now, mm-hmm. because if you have video, you have a podcast, right? And if you have a podcast, you have a blog post, right? Of course, yeah, it's repurposing one on one. Strip out strip out, the, strip out the audio and then transcribe it, and you have all three. Yeah. Which is exactly what I would do. If yeah. you have a blog post, you don't have a video unless you go shoot a video. So right. uh, what we always tell people to do is start with video and then cascade down because you have all the other assets then. Yeah, yeah, agreed 100%. Shalene Johnson does this incredibly well. Um, yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of her stuff, but uh, I know that she has like a – I call it the Shalene machine in place where she'll go live on video and then it will be dripped down to, you know – tiny little social media clips to full-blown youtube videos to the podcast to the blog post to the social media you know quote cards and the whole kit and caboodle i mean she has a she has a very finely tuned uh setup there um for me and i'm curious to know i mean obviously you're doing jay beer on on facebook live it was it once a week right or as and when you want to twice a week twice a week okay my bad so twice a week um I have found that live engagement on Facebook Live is a little lackluster compared to what it was for me, and I'm talking purely personally here, when, as you know, I got very heavily on the Periscope bandwagon Mm -hmm. back in 2015 when it was huge. Um, And even if the numbers, like, you know, I would go live on Periscope, I'd get 300 people within 10 minutes, and they for all intents and purposes, I would have, you know, between two to 300 people for half an hour watching me. Yep. Facebook Live, I'll go live and I'll get, I don't know, 30, 40 people live. And even then, the engagement is not 
as high as I would like it to be. They ask questions, they say nice things, they comment on how handsome I am, things like that, obviously, Jay. But I do feel like the strength in Facebook Live is more in regards to the replay legs that it has, uh, the retargeting legs that it has from the Facebook ad perspective as well, which is why I do them. I probably don't do them as much yeah. as I should, and maybe I should start doing them. But what's your take particularly on Facebook Live? Because I know you obviously, you're using it for, the, for, for your own platform. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, live is better than, than static because you get the live notifications, of course. But yeah, you're not going to get massive uh in engagement certainly not the way periscope was but but also at that point periscope was its own tribe right and you were making yes. a value a value statement about yourself and what you were interested in and where you hung out by the fact that you were on periscope the same was true with blab when when blab mm-hmm. was still mm-hmm. uh out there and, and rocking um i would argue the same is true today with people who are still really dedicated to snapchat and so right. uh, the platform becomes a community especially when the platform is viewed as an underdog and and therefore the people who are addicted to that platform tend to spend more time and more engagement on that platform because it reflects on them and their values. Yeah. Uh, Facebook doesn't reflect on anybody's values because Facebook is everything. Facebook is air. Yeah. It's not water. It's certainly uh, not an so underdog. <laughs> That's for no, sure. No, and so and so I don't think you'll ever get that same kind of engagement uh, on Facebook plus you know, there's a tremendous amount of competition there um, for a, a lot of different things. Uh, what bothers me most about Facebook from a video standpoint is just, you know, that they count almost nothing as a video view. Right. right? I mean, you know, basically a, a three-second view counts as a view, and right. that's um, that's troublesome, uh, and I think gives people somewhat a false sense of success on on Facebook. Well, I had a conversation just the other day with my Facebook ad manager on this um, as we're gearing up for a launch, and obviously we're going to be retargeting viewers and and you know all that kind of thing. And I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that their three second rule is purely to make more money from the fact that they know that people are retargeting video viewers when it comes to yep. their ads. Like I'm sure it's that ploy. I mean if it was if it was thirty seconds, obviously they'd make a lot less money because they'd have a lot less people to retarget. I mean that's by kind of take Well and they as well. also they, they also ultimately want to try and take more big brand dollars away. And those big brand dollars have been um kind of part of the YouTube world and they wanted to bring creators away from YouTube as well. Um and and if YouTube creators are saying to geez I get four times more views on Facebook than I do on YouTube. Maybe I shouldn't do as much stuff yeah. on YouTube. And it starts to kind of fray those relationships between YouTube and the creative community. Uh, so there, there's a lot of psychological reasons to do it that way. I think it's amazing how how little they have been raked over the coals for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think most people know it. It's like everything else Facebook, right? There's a lot of things they do that are not necessarily friendly to advertisers or businesses or even regular users. And people are like, well, I guess that's just Facebook. You know, we just tolerate. They're so, you know, they're so big. You you just, you basically tolerate. It's like being in an abusive relationship, right? You're like, well, I guess I have to, you know, I guess I got to stick it out, right? Right. Which is crazy. Like, you you should, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you should run. Uh, But unfortunately, I think we collectively feel like you can't run from Facebook just because of the size of their audience. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up YouTube. I've I've started to do more and more with YouTube. What's your... um, I saw that. I like your new channel a lot. Thank you very much. So so what is your, um, what's your take on YouTube? Do you think, I mean, audience size, I mean... it's billions and billions of minutes of, of video every year going up on the damn, you know, platform. 
Hmm? Why are they losing? Why or are they losing? I don't know. Maybe you know more um, than I do. But no, I mean, I like, don't know if they are losing. I think it's. I think what's happening, Chris, is you're seeing a a split in 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 where different types of video exist and for what reasons, right? Okay. So YouTube video now, what we see, YouTube video that's successful, is is more produced, is more polished, has more graphics and titles and wipes and swipes. Um, it is it is a it is a professional, at least a prosumer level video production. Hmm. Where Facebook is going the opposite direction, right? They're like, just grab your phone and press a button and go live. Right. So so YouTube, in order to compete with YouTube, which has got a lot of very professional people on it, in order to be found in search, which is still drives a, t- a ton of YouTube views, you have to 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 put some effort into it, right? And so, what you're seeing is people who who want to um, actually do YouTube and make videos with a degree of polish. Amy Schmittauer, for example, yep. uh, crush it on YouTube. People who want to be less um, involved in that kind of post production editing. Are gravitating towards Facebook, either yeah. live or static, and 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 so that's where the split is right now. Now that could definitely change, um, but but that's what we've been telling clients as well. It's like, look, okay, if we're going to actually, if we're going to produce this uh, and and actually put editing into it and really make it good, then YouTube is the place. We'll put it on Facebook because you should anyway, and who cares? But YouTube's where it's going to work. If we're trying to be topical and timely, then Facebook is where it's going to work. Yeah. No, I love and here's it. a here's a funny here's a funny story about that. So you mentioned my J Today video show, and I started it. I did it two years ago. Did it for a year, stopped for a year, and then did it this year. Two years ago, um, that show was ninety percent YouTube views, ten percent Facebook views. Now it's the exact opposite. Huh. Huh. Okay. But and I do it the same way. Okay. Well, for the most part. Okay. But that being said, are you? Are you going live with that, or are you just uploading most videos time. most, most of, the time? of the time? Okay, live. so you're going live, and then, we, on f- and then we take and then we take the HD clip and put it on YouTube. Okay, all right. Okay, so ultimately, yeah. the, you know, the the process has reversed in regards to like how you were actually because before you were uploading it to YouTube and then putting it on Facebook. Am I right? That's but right. Now and it's the, the other way around. Re- partially, and the only reason it's reversed is that Facebook will not let you put it anywhere other than Facebook if you use the Facebook Live API. Right. Okay. So if you go live, the way their API is set up, which is insidious, if you go live, uh, as far as I know, you can only go live to Facebook. Because I, for a while, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do this live on Facebook Live and Periscope simultaneously. Right. 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 Uh, and I and I couldn't make it work. Well, I mean, you know, I I Let's did two cameras. Yeah, I did it once or twice, and you know, a couple of phones. It's a nightmare. Who needs to deal with all that sort of stuff? It's just it should be it should be bloody easier. It just should be easier. I have so many simple. cameras and phones and microphones and <laughs> tripods and selfie sticks. Like literally within eight inches of where I'm sitting right now, it's it looks like two thirds of a Radio Shack, like on my <laughs> desk. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Right, a Radio Shack even still open? Didn't they Barely. die years ago? Yeah, I mean, they must Barely. be hanging on by a thread. I remember them. I, I remember even them back in the UK. And it was, it was they're just They're definitely like, bankrupt. I don't think they've all closed yet, but they're right. uh, on sale now, I think. is R.I.P. Radio Shack. Um, Jay, always a pleasure, man. Always topical, always engaging, and always a lot of fun as well. I, uh, I wish we had more time, but uh, hey, we'll just get you back for a seventh time at some we'll point. We'll do it again. As I, I, you know, every time you get one of these other guys on, I have to be on again to maintain yeah, my lead. It's like, uh, it's like Saturday Night Live hosts, right? Like, 
I know, I know you, you, you toss and turn at night saying to yourself, there's no way Vaynerchuk is going to beat me when it comes to New Bruno FM. It's just not going to happen. I think Gary's going to be all right. He's going to, it's going to be okay for him. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. All right. Um, thanks again, man. It was great. Thanks, buddy. All right. And for you guys tuning in, you want a little bit more of Jay, uh, jbeard.com, show notes, links to those and everything else that we talked about over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 226. And I'm going to be back at you again next week for another episode of Youpreneur FM. Until then, take care and go build that trust scaffolding. Bye for now. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business. As well as rub shoulders. Gain support. Have access to immediate feedback. As well as nonstop accountability from your peers. Is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information. And to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of. Today. Today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.